are back with another episode of Scary Stories to Tell When You're Bored. I'm Rachel. Welcome. I am very proud of myself. I just want to start off by uploading this episode. By saying I'm proud of myself for uploading this episode, I mean. Um, I have been preparing for two of my friends to come in from Boston, so I have a lot I've been needing to do, but I made a promise to myself in this podcast that I would upload for October and... I'm keeping it. This is a, I mean, I am going to Massachusetts next week also. So I'm going to try to record something before that. But if not, I will be recording about a place that I'm going to in Massachusetts. So I'll do an episode on that for sure when I'm back. So I'm one day at a time, right guys? All right. Um, I'm going to stay kind of in the same vein as last week uh, and not do a ghost story per se, but a more of like a weird, bizarre situation. Um, This is not going to be about anything haunted, though. Like, I guess last episode was kind of still like cursed, I guess. But this one is actually going to be about reincarnation and the most convincing case that we have for it that I've ever heard of. And that is the case of the Pollock sisters. So, all right, I guess I will just get right into it. So Florence and John Pollock from Hexham, England, were married in the 1940s. And then in 1946, they had their third child and first daughter named Joanna. And then five years later, in 1951, they gave birth to their second daughter, Jacqueline. And these girls developed a really close bond. Joanna stepped in as the older sister, like really like asserted that role for her because their mom was busy helping run the family's grocery delivery business, which is, I got to say in the, well, you know, I guess, and it's also the fifties. I said the forties. I was going to say that's really, um, um, I was thinking stay at home wife, which I guess that is true. But also I was, my point is world war two really had women stepping in because the men were off at war. So I'm just, that was a useless run on Anyway, we're moving the fuck on. Um, and then, okay, just real quick, the uh, a few of the sources that I used are Parade.com, Ranker, and then let me see what the other one's called. It is... Oh, my cat's being annoying. Can you not? Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, the other one is HistoricMysteries.com. So those are the main sources that I used. And according to Parade.com, Joanna would always say that she would, quote, never grow up to become a lady and that she would remain a child forever, which is like, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. Um, But she ended up being right. And uh, either May 5th or 7th, there were two conflicting dates in different articles, but I'm going to go with the 5th because I looked up the calendar for 1947 or 57 and it was a Sunday. So we're going to go with May 5th. The Pollock family were on their way to church for mass because they're a very Catholic family. And apparently the girls were, well, the two girls were pretty antsy to get there. And they were walking, you know, several paces ahead. And they also, another article, I'm going to interrupt myself there. They might have been walking with their friend named Anthony. Another article mentioned him. And I feel like if he existed, then he deserves to be remembered. So, Okay. Um, if this sounds a little choppy, my, it keeps pausing my audio recording. So I apologize. I'm trying to keep it cohesive, but anyway, in the girl's excitement to get to church, they didn't realize that there was a car heading right towards them and the car hit them and it killed the girls instantly. And again, if Anthony is real, then he died 
on the way to the hospital. So the girls were five and I think 11. So very, very fucking tragic and very before their time that, you know, anyone should pass. And according to Ranker, the woman who hit them apparently did it intentionally. And she, I guess, was on the brink of losing her custody of her kids due to her mental health. And after this, she was sentenced by the courts to go to a psychiatric hospital. So, I mean, what's it's, it's very sad, obviously, that the woman was not well mentally. But it's also very sad that these girls died. They were murdered, basically, you know? So it's just... Yeah. Um, the girl's death obviously took a toll on their parents. Uh, their mom, Florence, fell into a depression. And John, although sad and heartbroken, obviously, he had a sense of optimism. Uh, according to Parade, John would pray to God that the girls would be reincarnated. And I guess that's something that he had always had a fascination with. And he also claimed that he continued to feel their presence when he'd go into their room and he would have dreams about them. So I think that helped. A lot of people might say, well, that's just him. You know, it's his grief kind of like a a coping mechanism but um yeah uh so florence she was a strict catholic she never really indulged in john's supernatural thoughts and this did put a strain on their relationship but they made it through and a year later after the girls passed away they actually gave birth to well okay let's not jump ahead okay <laughs> a year later florence found out she was pregnant and during this pregnancy John always had the suspicion that there were two girls in there. And even though the doctor said, no, there's only one, and they kept insisting that there was only one kid, John knew that there were going to be two, and he was right. And so in October, I believe, of 1958, the two twin girls were born, and their names were Jillian and Jennifer. So I like the jizz. Ooh, not that... Mm. That's not what I meant for that to sound like. Anyway, uh, so, oh, sorry, if you just heard me put my arm down. Uh, so these girls were identical, and minus their birthmarks, which, I mean, everything I know about identical twins is like even every freckle and everything is the same on each one of them. But Jennifer had a thumbprint like birthmark on her left hip, which is something that Jacqueline, one of the girls who died, her sister who died, she also had it. And then she also had a a birthmark in her forehead in the same spot that Jacqueline had a scar. So I think Florence started kind of jumping on the reincarnation bandwagon, but it wasn't, she wasn't fully convinced yet. Uh, and then when the twins were three months old, the family moved to a place called Whitley Bay. And for a bit, it doesn't specify how long they do end up moving back to Hexham, which I'll talk about. But anyway, um, when they were a couple, when the girls were a couple years old, they would ask for toys that they didn't know existed, and they would, um, they'd never seen them before, and they would divide them up and like divvy them up for each girl. So, you know, Jacqueline would get Jennifer, and or Jennifer would get Jacqueline's, and Jillian would get Joanna's, and they called them by the names that their older sisters had given them, and they would also call them uh, Santa's gifts, which, I guess. They were Christmas gifts, and they just knew that. So, you know, I think people are starting to believe this a little bit more. And then when the family eventually moved back to Hexham, I'm going to – they're under five years old for sure when this happens because – well, I'll explain why later. But they're still young. And when they moved back, the girls – the two twin girls were able to identify and point out spots that their older sisters once knew, like their school, and they knew the church and, like, the name of the church – and all of that stuff. And um, 
uh, oh, that was such an annoying noise. I'm really sorry. Anyway, um, according to historicmysteries.com, they would um, also start panicking when they saw a car in motion and would cry out, quote, the car is coming to get us. And I mean, why would a child or two children just automatically assume that? I feel like especially at that young age, you just you don't really think about your mortality that much. Also, I need to clear my throat. Pardon. I'm back. Did you miss me? You didn't because that took no time out of your listening because of the great pause button. Anywho, going back to it, um, according to Ranker now, I know it's annoying to say according to, but I just want to, I didn't come up with this, so I would like to, you know, give credit. Uh, anyway, Florence, the mom, would overhear Jennifer and Jillian playing, or no, talking about the accident and then playing a game mimicking it. And hold on, flipping the page. Florence, quote, witnessed uh, Jillian lying on the floor of the girl's room with her head resting in Jennifer's lap. Jennifer stroked her sister's hair in a calming gesture, telling her there was blood dripping from her eyes because a car had hit her. Again, very fucking weird. Yeah. So, I, you know, Florence is convinced at this point. And then a couple of the other similarities that the girls had um, with their older sisters that they took after or were, you know, who knows? Um, but Jillian was um, not Jillian. Jennifer was a little stockier than Jacqueline. And that is a word that the article used. I wouldn't, you know, describe a child as stocky. But here we are. That's a word they chose. And Jacqueline and Jillian were more slender. So, you know, just another similarity that they took. And they would also walk. People would not like mentioned that they walked the same way as their older sisters and they even wrote and held their pens in the same way like um apparently jillian didn't need any help learning how to write but jennifer held her pen like in a fist like jacqueline would and apparently jacqueline had some had more more trouble she wasn't but then again she was younger because she was only five when she died so i can see how she you know isn't really fully advanced on her pen holding skills um but yeah, anyway, after they, you know, got a little older, one article mentions around five years old, which, so we're going to go with that. Um, their memories of their sisters began to fade and they kind of developed their own personalities independent of filling the roles or the shoes of the girls that were alive before them. And I think it's kind of interesting that their memory faded around five because that's when the youngest one, Joanne, Jacqueline, What's their names? There's so many. Hold on. There's so many JG names. Who's the young one? Jacqueline. That's how old Jacqueline was when she died. So kind of makes sense. I guess maybe like it kind of just put a halt and there's nothing. They kind of like relived that and then it's a clean slate because there's nothing. The rest is still unwritten, as our good old friend Natasha Bedingfield would say, isn't it? Uh, And then there's a psychiatrist named Dr. Ian Stevenson who took an interest in the girls and he met up with the family and he wrote a book, I guess. um, Well, I don't, I guess. He wrote a book and it's called Children Who Remember Previous Lives, A Question of Reincarnation. And I guess he covers 14 different cases of reincarnation. And according to Historic Mysteries, he studied it for 40 years and he would, I guess, investigate thousands of cases and a lot of them took places or it took place in Asian countries because that's where reincarnation is more believed. And he wanted to meet with parents who did believe in it because he felt like that facilitated 
the children's ability to recall these memories rather than like have a parent suppress it from the child. So that could be an interesting read. I don't, I would say I should read it, but I don't even, I have so many books that are a half and a quarter read. So I'm not going to add that to my list, but if you would like to hear, I can see, I can look into other cases that he's researched. And if you like this, I think they're kind of cool. If you want to hear more reincarnation stories, let me know. I'm sorry that this is a quick little episode. Like I said, I have so much on my plate right now, which I'm not used to. So time management needs to, it's not like riding a bike. Sometimes you got to learn how to get back into the groove. But like I said, I'm going to try to have another episode out in a week. Um, maybe I'll record with my two friends that are coming out. One of them, Marissa has been on many times. Well, she's been our She's, you know, she's on the first episode. So let's see. She actually told me that she had some stories at the Coronado. So in San Diego, which is one of the first episodes I did. So we'll see if we can get her on to talk about it, you know, and then let's see if we can see some spooky stuff when we're in Massachusetts next week. And for sure, I will talk about that. I am having dinner at a haunted hotel. Maybe we can sneak off and do some ghost hunting. Who knows? But I'm excited. Happy Friday when this comes out. If you're listening to this on another day, happy, happy day. And again, I'm really sorry this was so quick. There are pages of notes, but I read them so fast. But whatever. Okay. Goodbye.